Now, where is the love, Mabru? We ask you, where is the love for young people in South Africa at the moment? How do they get jobs, uh, South African president? Where is the love? Uh, we've got some really, really uh, excited young people in studio at the moment. Uh, we've got Ben Zwane and Wendy Shabalala. They are from a program called Amuzi, and uh, they join us here in studio. Uh, ben, we'll start with you. Good morning to you, brother. You look very excited. You're very quiet, Ben. You gotta like you gotta speak into that mic, buddy. So tell us a little bit about your journey as a, as a what are you a photographer? Yes, I'm a photographer, part of Music Power Fifty, and aspiring to be an art director. Or are we just fixing your mic there because you're just a little bit quiet at the moment? Uh, let's try again. Say say hello, Ben, so we can hear you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell us your journey exactly. What what um wh- what's been going on in your life? What made you decide to become a photographer? It was last year actually when uh, I decided that um, I'm not going to take the opportunity that was offered to intern at the IT department. And I went on the route to. I went on the route to. Um, chasing my dreams, which is to become a photographer, and my sister got a hold of um, important information for me, which was the Muzi um, Power 50 program, and she told me that I should apply because she knew that my passion for photography, um, I really loved it, and that's when I decided to apply for that internship. So you're from you're from Johannesburg, from Turfentain. Yes. The only thing I know about Turfentain is the racehorse. I mean, that's and and actually they have very good Portuguese food there. And uh, I know there's some kind of Portuguese connection with you as well. Yes. But now after school, was there a feeling of you were you were anxious, you were scared of of getting into into the job market, or were you excited? Did you know that you were going to get something? No, really, I wasn't excited. I was like um, really scared because uh, I wasn't prepared i felt okay even after school i felt like i wasn't prepared for it yet i needed to take time to know which direction i'm heading to and it was that leap of um to follow my passion or just follow my dad uh, my parents dreams my dreams or my parents dreams so there's a, there's a big issue there, isn't there? Yes. Because uh, specifically in the creative space, uh, a lot of parents, um, both affluent and non-affluent, don't understand why kids want to go and be creatives, be photographers, DJs, dancers. What did you tell your parents? I told them that uh, I wanted to be a photographer. And at first they were like, uh, how are you going to make money off that? Are you going to be those guys that just stand in the street corners and say five rand picture, ten rand picture? <laughs> they didn't believe that I would make enough money to support myself. But I told them that there is a thing called professional photographers. And um, I'm going to prove it to them that, you know what, uh, you can make money off this and you can my, make money of becoming a creative professional. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about the course that you're going through at the moment, but I want to introduce uh, Wendy Shabalala. If you've just joined us on Cliff Central, good morning to you. It's uh, Andrew Levy from 9 o'clock until 10. We're speaking about the job market and specifically young people entering the job market. We're going to be speaking to an organization called SAGDA in a little bit. Uh, we've got uh, some students here from a program called Umuzi Photo Club and the Power of 50. We're going to be speaking to them as well. Wendy Shabalala, she joins us as well. A very passionate, excitable young lady. Uh, Wendy, good morning to you. Tell us you know, I think it's quite interesting in the, I suppose in the the African culture, women are seen as second rate citizens. They they're not seen as people that should be getting jobs or they should be staying at home. Am I right or wrong? Hi, Andrew. 
How are you doing? I'm good. Um, well, when me, I'm raised in a family where, where women are in control. So for me, it's not a problem to get a job. Okay, so you never had that problem? No, no, never. never. All right, so where are you from, Wendy? I'm from Ratanda, Hatelberg, small town in Hatelberg called Ratanda. Wow, where the hell is that? How far away from Joburg is that? <laughs> About uh, two hours from Two hours. Two hours. You're traveling into Joburg two hours every day, or are you staying somewhere Not closer? Not every day. Not every day. Maybe only on Mondays, because I live with my grandma. So. All right. So from a, a young, a small young, a small place <laughs> called Rotunda in Heidelberg, what were your dreams growing up as a young person? Oh well, growing up, my mother wanted me to be a lawyer, but also I always had a, a, fas- uh, a passion for fashion, so I had to tell her, explain to her why I wanted to choose fashion instead of law and then this photography came to then photography came so i had to explain to her why i'm doing something else that she thinks is not going to pay me or do anything to support me so yeah so i found out about the movie and uh, started photography and now i'm doing photography and fashion designing now let me ask you you know all your friends back in rotunda what are they saying when you say no i'm, I'm going to become a photographer I had to explain to them first what does a photographer do because, like, I'm the only photographer in Rotunda. So every time when they see me, they're like, Wendy, take a picture. I'm like, guys, <laughs> we're like... <laughs> pay me for that. Come on, man. Pay <laughs> me for that. I want to be paid. Yeah, but it's pretty cool because everybody knows me now. They know which if you want a good picture or something. If you have a party or anything, go to Wendy. She'll fix you up. Okay, we're going we're gonna to take a few... Uh, like uh, tweets and uh, WeChats as well. A lot of people talking about their movements around uh, being young and trying to get into the job market. Um, It is a very, very difficult space at the moment. Huge unemployment rates, uh, a very, very slow-growing economy, um, and not very, 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 uh, I suppose, exciting, I suppose, um, opportunities are lacking uh, for young people. Um, so at Yebo underscore Levy, L-E-V-Y, 0861555189. Tell us a little bit about your journey as a young person. Um, ben, you've got a, a lot of friends, obviously. You look like quite a quite a classy character with, with a lot of friends. How many of them are actually in jobs? I'd like to say like 10% of my friends are actually working. And the rest are just hustling, and the rest are just waiting for like an opportunity. Even though they finish tertiary and school, they're still waiting at home and waiting like for a job opportunity. I so love that word, job. hustler. Hey, everyone <laughs> uses that in Jersey. Yeah, yeah, I'm just hustling, hustling, man. I'm just hustling. What does that mean? I mean, when you say you're hustling, is that just a is that code word for saying I'm flipping out of work and and trying to make ends meet? Yeah, it's actually that you read it uh, right on the dot. That um, they just wait for opportunity to sell anything. Like if they can get their hands on Vuvuzelas, they'll stand at the soccer stadium and just wait and sell, just to make ends meet for the day. And Ben, I mean, I know this is a hard question to answer, but how many of your friends do you think are involved in crime because they have no other options? I know quite a few actually, um, and they don't see it as ah no, I'm actually. Involved in crime, they see themselves as like Robin Hood stealing from the rich. All right, and Wendy, what about you? If you you got, uh, you know, are there a lot of young people that you know about that have turned to crime because they are no, they see themselves as having no other options? Yeah, they they believe that if the government is not going to provide for them, then they should provide for themselves. So they they don't take themselves as criminals. They just they're also working. Working to provide themselves So they don't call themselves criminals They also call themselves workers Because they 
trying to make money for themselves. All right, we're hanging out uh, on cliffcentral.com. It is a beautiful Friday morning in South Africa, slightly chilly outside. Uh, we're talking to young people about their road to employment. We'll be speaking to them after this. I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been brassin' and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lying in chalk. I really hate the trip, but I gotta low. They cope, I see myself in the pistol smoke Fool, I'm the kind of cheater Little homies wanna be like on my knees In the night, saying prayers in the street light Situation they got me facing. I can't live a normal life. I was raised by the state, so I gotta be damn with the hood team. Too much television watching got me chasing dreams. I'm an educated fool with money on my mind. Got my tin in my hand and a gleam in my eye. I'm a low-out gangster, set tripping banker. And my homies is down, so don't arouse my anger. Fool, death ain't nothing but a heartbeat away. I'm living life through a dire. What can I say? I'm 23 now, but will I live to see 24? The way things is going, I don't know. After minute, hour after hour, everybody's running, but half of them ain't looking what's going on in the kitchen, but I don't know what's cooking. They say I got to learn, but nobody's here to teach me. If they can't understand it, how can they reach me? I guess they can't, I guess they won't, I guess they front. That's why I know my life is out of luck, fool. Are we living in a gangster's paradise? That The fact that 3.3 million people are hustling, trying to find employment. They're not in education, employment, or training. It is a very, very scary place out there. Uh, on Twitter at the moment, uh, Dark Diamond says, I'm impressed with young people. The way they're using social media is effectively empowering the youth. Thank you so much for your comments. Keep them coming through at Yebo underscore L-E-V-Y. We're hanging out with some young people and uh, slightly older ones as well. Uh, Bushra Bashir is part of a program called Amuzi Photo Club, and she's the head of the Power of 50. Jeez, that's a lot of wording. Bushra, good morning to you. What are you doing to drive the solution uh, with regards to young people? 
Hi, Andrew. Um, I run a program under Umuzi Photo Club called Power of 50. I think exactly what Ben and uh, Wendy were saying earlier, there's a huge gap in when students graduate from school or colleges and when they actually enter the job market. They are not ready. They're not equipped. They're not trained. They're not skilled. They're not work ready to actually enter the workforce. And I think that's where Umuzi comes in. We provide a very rigorous one-year tertiary education pro- uh, program um, in partnership with the Creative Circle, which is the um, body of the advertising agency agencies in South Africa. They provide um, three-month internships to the students so they, they actually get the taste of the real work environment before these students actually get absorbed into the creative industry. Okay, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a mouthful, but I, I suppose the idea is that you, you're being the bridge. Yes, absolutely. Ben, uh, Wendy, you've both been on this program for is a year now, is that right? Yes. Did you think, Ben, when you, before you entered this, that you were ready for the job market, or has this course shown you otherwise? Before I entered, um, I wasn't ready at all because as soon as I like entered into Power 50, I saw that there's a whole new world out there, what it takes to like even work hard, the ideas behind it, everything like in terms of where I was interning at FCB, it's a big company and I was just like a small fish in that pond and I didn't know like um, the, the, the ins and outs of it and this program actually showed me, gave me the guidance into that direction. So Bushra is effectively your boss, is what I'm hearing. What What are some of the things, the challenges that you face that you wish Bushra would understand in your everyday life? Um, it's actually like waking up early in the morning just to get to work <laughs> on time <laughs> at the agency or at school. All and right. Knowing that um, I don't even have like free time to myself because this one year course is like um, it's pretty tough, and I'm not taking it lightly. And I'm not complaining about it. It's a wonderful program. It's just sometimes you need some break for yourself, which I don't get because it's either I'm at Vega studying or at the internships or at Muzi master classes. And even on weekends, we still have Da Vinci, which is... <laughs> <laughs> what is... I mean, tell me a little bit about... You, you, you live in Turfentane. You're taking public transport. How long does it take to get into to Josie? Um, from Turfentane to Josie takes about 45 minutes, but from like Turfentane to Santon can take me two hours because I have to wait at North and the queue like early in the morning, make sure that I get there early just to get it work on time. So it's two hours commute one way. Yeah. So before you even started your day, you're sitting in a taxi or at the taxi rank for two hours. Yeah. You see, now this is the problem, right, Bushra? I mean, these are some of the, the, the challenges that you're seeing, of course, of young people and their commute time. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, there are a couple of challenges. The first one being what uh, Ben just mentioned, that they actually have to be up at 4.30 to be in school at 9. But I think it's about getting into that um, structure and rigor because when you're a, a working professional, no one cares whether you're waking up at 4 or 7. You have to be wor- at work at 9. And I think that's the kind of structure we try and give the students so that by the time they actually get absorbed into workforce, they actually know exactly what it takes. Um, that's one of the challenges we're resolving through the program. All right. Wendy, you've been on the program as well. What has been one of the, the most interesting developments, learnings for you personally through this program? Well, when I first uh, started the internship, the internship was a huge learning for me because I actually realized that I can be more than just a photographer and a graphic designer, um, a, a designer, but I can also be a, a copywriter. I was interning at FCP and it kind of opened my eyes to more new things. You know, like being a a copywriter. I never thought that I would be a copywriter, but it was pretty cool. 
So it has opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. So now you're going to have to go back to your parents and tell them about copywriting. Yes, you you, just, you told them about photography. They, they kind of got their head around that. And now, now you want to do copywriting. Yes. So it's going to be a huge and long explanation to them. But I'm sure they understand. Isn't that one of the things, though, Ben, that, that's characteristic in, in young people at the moment? Is that it, it's about what's next, what's hot What's happening right now? You know, as you know, photography is happening now. Now, now I'm into graphic design. Now I want to be an accountant. And you just keep moving and moving and moving because we're the now generation. We want it now. We want it now. Do you think that that's a problem? Yeah, because um, we never like stable into one place. We're always jumping around the next thing that the next best thing that comes. Um, today I can say that no, I want to be a photographer. Then as I get bored of it, I'm like, ah, tomorrow no, I'm gonna be graphic designer. No, no, <laughs> anything just to make that quick buck. Actually, that's what people believe that no, that's what they pursue. The next hot thing. All right, we're hanging out with uh, some young people in the studio at the moment, talking about jobs, getting your first job. What was your experience? What were the funny things that happened to you uh, in your first job? At uh, Yebo underscore Levy, L-E-V-Y, at cliffcentral.com. Well, give us a call, 0861-555-189. Tell us your funniest story uh, when you entered the job market. We also want to hear the challenges that you faced. I mean, it is a scary road, and the thing is that all South Africans seem to be facing it. Um, Bushra, I mean, we got onto you through this... this uh, Exhibition that you guys are running called Kinnamang. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Kinnamang, yes. um, which which I think means "Who am I?" and it's kind of exploring this youth identity. Tell us a little bit more about why you, you wanted to do this. Well, I think uh, how the idea really started is we work with uh, 50 young students from uh, townships, and we ask them to do their life maps as a part of developing their own personal stories. And when they when they presented life maps to us at Umozi, we realized they had some of the most interesting, hectic, and insightful um, things. About about the South African youth, um, and we thought that it was it had to culminate into something really powerful and something that can live, live beyond just a, a one day exhibition. So when students went to intern at different advertising agencies, nine advertising agencies such as Joe Public, Network, FCB, BBD, uh, Network BBDO, they all um, worked with students over a three month period to explore what South African youth ad- identity is today, and. Um, that work culminates into uh, this exhibition on the 23rd of October. Okay, exhibition coming up on the 23rd of October. We'll put it up on uh, Twitter right now so you can check out the details for that. Ben, Wendy, I want to find out from you, what do you think it means to be young and South African at the moment? Maybe, Ben, we can start with you. What it means to be young South African in the moment? Um, for me, it means just be multi, multi-fascinate and just, yeah, have multiple personalities. I'm not just like one layer. I'm different. I have different types of layers in me. All right, Wendy. Well, for me, it's being able to adopt t- different things. You can't just say I want to be a photographer and stay there because in a creative industry, you can be more than just one thing. So I think for a young, uh, young person who wants to be be up there in life, they should just do more than one thing because you can't stick to one thing. How important is race right now? I mean, is it still an issue for for young people? I mean, when were you born? 1994. 1994. Oh, my goodness. Ben, when were you born? 1988. Okay, so you're a little bit before the time, which is okay. So you're on the pre-90, you're post-90. I mean, you were born into democracy, effectively, Wendy. How how big is this race question still in terms of getting a job? Well, I don't think it's there anymore. They don't care... If you're black or if you're white, it's just they want to see what you can do for them. So 
it's it's about the experience that you have. And if you if people know you, if your work is out there, people will know you. They don't care if you're black or white. Just they want to see how good you are and what you do. Then so, what do you think? Um, for me personally, I think uh, it doesn't matter like what color you are, as long as you're passionate enough and you're ready enough to get into the workplace, then it's all cool. But for some of my friends, they believe that now it's an excuse for them. Like, uh, no, I didn't get this job because I'm black. <laughs> no, I didn't get this job because I'm this, you know. And they don't, like, take responsibility and say, yo, I didn't get this job because I wasn't this prepared. I didn't meet this requirements, actually. All right. Guys, uh, good luck to you. We're going to be speaking to you a little bit later as well. Um, it's Ben Zwane and Wendy Shabalala from Umuzi Photo Club. Young people trying to make a difference in the creative space. Uh, after this, we're going to be speaking to Sagda. Never heard of them? You've got to stay tuned. They are looking at graduates in South Africa and trying to help them out.
Taking the weather with you. It is Crowded House. Uh, a, a little, 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 little bit of an old school song uh, for Friday morning. We thought we'd just try and try keep the old with the young. We're talking about young people entering uh, the job market. Of course, one of the interesting organizations in South Africa is called SAGDA at the moment, the South African Graduate Development Association. On the line of at the moment is Saloshni Governor. Uh, Saloshni, good morning to you. Uh, I believe you are sitting with uh, a minister of some sort. Good morning. Morning, Andrew. How are you? Very, very good. So, actually, SAGDA is a very long uh, or short uh, acronym for a very long name. Tell me exactly what does SAGDA do? Okay. SAGDA is the South African Graduate Development Association. They've been around for the last 16 years. And it actually started by a group of unemployed graduates. And they wanted to know what was the opportunities available because they found themselves unemployed when they had graduated. So they started off this association to actually link up other graduates who found themselves in similar situations. And, um, yeah, it's been going strong ever since. So, Loshini, I mean, how many people are actually, are actually in that kind of space where they've, they've graduated and they still can't find work? Wow. You know, there's so many different independent companies, um, you know, that give stats. We've got Stat SA that says the latest is, 51,000, but that 51,000 makes up of university graduates. So it's not really a figure, you know, a graduate is basically anyone that's completed a tertiary qualification. So an independent recruitment company called Adcov says that it's about 580,000 of unemployed graduates that come out each year. So if you do the math, it's quite alarming. So hold on, 580,000. 80,000. Graduate, graduates are, that are unemployed every single year. Yeah, and it's from any yes, from from any tertiary qualification. So it could be your TVET colleges, your University of Technologies, you know, um, your universities. So it's quite an alarming um, number if you look at it. That seems very very high, Slash. In terms of of graduates generally, how many graduates are graduating from all these different tertiary institutions? Um, the stats that Statusa has given us is about an average of 1.1 million each year. So of that, half effectively are graduating from a tertiary institution or FET college, as I With understand no. it, and are, aren't, aren't going into the employment market. No, no, not at all. What are you finding the big reasons for, for this um, huge, uh, huge gap? You know, um, there's a big difference between being unemployed and being unemployable. So do the graduates have the relevant skills that the employers are looking for? Most of them don't. Or are graduates studying the relevant um, degrees that the labor market requires? So is it your labor-appropriate degrees that they're studying? Do they have the relevant skills that the employer is looking for? You know, um, one of the things we found that in terms of skills, graduates have this attitudinal problem, you know, the sense of entitlement. I've studied for my degree, now where's that dream job? They're not willing to start at the bottom. You know, um, most companies would tell us that they, want, they would ask the graduate to make a cup of tea, and the graduate would say, um, it's not in my job description. But it was never about making the cup of tea. It was to find out, do you have that skills to say, yes, I'm willing to start at the bottom? You know, I've got my degree. Um, theoretically, I know everything I can and I've succeeded. But when I'm put in that position, do, do I know what to do? Do I know what my job calls like a day in the life of an accountant? 
can I apply what I learned at university into the working world? And you find that they can't, you know. Um, so do they have the skills? Do they have the patience? Do they have written communication? Because when you apply for a job, they're going to test you based on whatever you've got on your CV. So if you say something like, I've got excellent written um, communication, and they put you to the test there and then, and if you fail, you know, you've got one chance to make a first impression. So whatever, you, you, you've got to sharpen your skills. You've got to know that if I'm a finance um, graduate and I'm unemployed, what can I do while I'm unemployed? Let me look at the market. Let me look at the economy. Let me try and provide solutions. Because people ultimately take graduates or take anybody for that matter that can provide them with a solution. And what they like about young graduates is that they're young, they're dynamic, they're fearful. So they're hoping that they bring all these skills to the workplace and provide different solutions as to how they can address a particular situation. That's what we want graduates to do. You know, develop your skills, even if you're unemployed. Volunteer. Do something. Build your portfolio of evidence. You know, so that when you sit in front of a host employer, you're quite, you know, um, capable of saying, yes, I can do that job. And that's why most <clears throat> companies don't want to take graduates on because they don't possess the necessary Business skills. But Salashni, just I, I want to interfere here quickly. I mean, one of the big things we've just heard from one of our, our young uh, students in in the studio is the amount of travel time it takes. It's expensive just to go to a place and uh, get paid nothing effectively um, because you know you don't have any money to start with. So you're actually paying out for transport, you're paying out for food before you've even begun. Do you think that we need a little bit more understanding from the corporate side of South Africa? I think we do, but what what you find from um, the corporate side is they they are willing to say, okay, let me put you on an internship, which is a 12-month structured working training program. Let me see what you can do. So basically, when a graduate gets on this program, you know, they can ultimately decide at the end of the 12 months, am I going to be a future employer of this company or I'm just going to see it as a 12-month internship program? So for me, I'm, I'm a firm believer of internships because I think you have 12 months to get the maximum out of the company and you've got 12 months to show the best side of what you can. So come December, you can say, look, you know, they, they should automatically sign you up. So yes, I understand they pay a stipend towards food and accommodation, but as a graduate, you need to decide, okay, what is it that I want? Do I want a salary at the end of the month or do I want experience, build my portfolio so I, I can guarantee that at the end of the year, the company will want to take me on based on my performance, you know, because an internship program is a workplace experience. Here's somebody giving you an opportunity to say, here, let me see what you like, because putting theory into practice is a total different ballgame. So, you know, from a firm believer of internships, I think it's a great way for a graduate to start. And if some of them don't even pay the stipend of a monthly allowance for transport and and traveling, but I think it's an investment in the graduate to maybe work on weekends to try and get that income to get to the place you know where they work. So yeah, from my side, I think graduates should grab internships. All right, Salashni, so uh, very quickly, what are you doing for you know if if we've got some uh, tertiary educated listeners out there who are who find themselves unemployed, how can Sagda help them? Okay, I would love for them to um, send their CVs through to Sagda. Um, the e- email address is info, info at sagda.org.za. What I would like is to individually sit with them and see where we can help improve on their CV. We can give them work of work, world of work readiness program training to make sure that when they have that interview, they're all prepared. 
what sector does it, if possible, where we need to take them for that interview, if it's based in Gauteng, we're willing to do that, um, to give them all the training and development necessary to make sure that when they sit in front of the host employer, that we know that they are ready to say, yes, this employer is going to take them. So we want to try and make them more ready for the workplace. So the transition from university or any tertiary institution into the workplace will be as smooth as possible and it will be successful from both sides. So what we'd like to do is we'd like to monitor them. So if they're on an internship for 12 months, let's get in, let's see what the employer says, how we can develop them. So to make sure at the end of 12 months, that graduate is going to be placed permanently within that company. So what I would say, Andrew, is I would love these graduates to please make contact with Sagda so we can give them World of Work uh, readiness programs and we can train them to be more employable. All right, so um, just give us that email again, info at Sagda. It's sagda.org.za and the website is www.sagda.org.za. All right, info at sagda.org.za is the email to uh, to uh, email if you are a young graduate and you find yourself unemployed. Sagda are looking to try and support you in getting a job. Thank you so much, Lashni, uh, for for uh, speaking to us today. I hope that you have enough staff to deal with the 580,000 unemployed graduates that you speak of. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Thank you so much, Andrew, for the opportunity, and thank you to the listeners. All right. So, Ashley Governor from SAGDA, they have got a big task ahead of them. And I think it's, I mean, I suppose it really comes down to this understanding. Um, Bushra, we spoke earlier a little bit about that understanding of, of where these young people are from. Do you think that Selashni is, is actually on par here? I mean, her intentions are good, but do you think that she understands how hard it is as a young person um, to come into the job market? I think um, I think a lot of us talk from a, a point of privilege or that of um, as if you're growing up in a developed market. I completely disagree, actually. Uh, I completely disagree having worked with students um, over a year now, 50 of them. Um, there's, they need to hustle every day to get food on the table to provide that for, for their siblings, for their families. And we are we're expecting them to actually go into um, work for unpaid internships. They have to shell out their transport money. And I think it's it's unrealistic for a youngster to actually do that, to provide for the family, to provide for his own education, and to actually go in for an internship that doesn't even pay them. So the basic thing that uh, the corporate sector can actually do, which has happened in our program, is we actually provide students um, a stipend every month, which covers their basic expenses and covers their transport money. Because I think it's incredibly important to do that. All right, we've got some uh, young other people joining us as well. Uh, they've been listening to what uh, Selashini has to say. Uh, welcome into the studio, uh, Morris Mathlari. Did I get that? Did I get that right, Morris? Yes, that's, that's Great. Thank it's you, Morris. Morris. Listen, I'm trying, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying. He's from Retro Zulu and Zulu Moteka. He's from House On. Guys, good morning to you. Just uh, give me a little sense. Uh, Morris, maybe we start with you. Okay. You're a young person in South Africa. You've started your own thing called Retro Zulu. Yes. You know, when did you start making music? Um, basically, we started off um, during our high school years. Um, we, we experimented a lot with um, a production software called Reason. Um, so it started off, um, I think it was 2009. And then uh, I think after high school, um, the year after high school, that's when we started um, taking it seriously uh, because um, we were not in any uh, educational sector. We did not go to varsity or anything. It was still uh, our period of gap year. So uh, we thought to ourselves, um, okay, since we have this uh, love for this program, this producing program, um, why not? produce music so it started early 2009 
a lot of young people talk about their gap years. I've yes. heard that so many times. Boris, uh, you know, did you, when you were growing up, did yes. you ever want to do anything like, you know, you hear kids say, I want to be a marine biologist or a lawyer or a doctor? Definitely. What did you want to be? Um, just like my father, I wanted to be a policeman. Like, I wanted to walk around with those boots and with that uniform. I wanted to be a policeman. But I guess, no, no. That didn't work out. <laughs> why didn't it work out? What was the what was the factor for you? Why why suddenly music? Okay, um, I grew up in Soweto. Um, basically, um, you know, in Soweto, like um, it's it's in the township. So um, we were so exposed to doing so many naughty things, um, getting into trouble. So the idea of um being a policeman, ah, I kind of shifted it off my mind because I didn't want to be a person of the law. At the same time, I was doing something wrong in, in the hood. So, you didn't yeah. want your dad to come pick you up pick and put you in a police up. car. Yes, that's what I was avoiding, yeah. All right, all right. Tsulumoteka, uh, <laughs> you are one of the founders of House On. Uh, entrepreneurship obviously seems to be the way forward for a lot of young people. How did you get into, or when did you decide that, Flip, I'm not going to make it in, in the formal sector. Uh, I'm going to have to make it my, myself and become an entrepreneur. Um, I think it was yeah around about the same time uh, when Morris was uh, busy with Fruity Loops and Reason and stuff. I think in 2009, um, I was working for Transnet. Unfortunately, um, I had um, an accident on duty. So I left working for Transnet to pursue my own uh, passions and dreams and goals. So ever since then, yeah, I've been working. And I think yeah, entrepreneurship is, is the way forward. Um, it's it's very difficult, but it's it's very worth it at the end. I mean, the value and the life you create around it is is fulfilling for me as an individual. So, tell me a little bit about how you started House On. I mean, everyone has these ideas of starting businesses and getting involved in things, but at the end of the day, a lot of them just turn into ideas, don't they? And, and no one actions them. How did you go from idea to action? Um, I was very fortunate enough to have the courage to walk into Media 24 uh, one afternoon and I sat down with uh, Leslie Mufukeng who is the editor well one of the editors and I did um, I think it was a six week internship program with him um, but again I had to pay everything myself travel myself to the offices get my own lunch and everything but it was worth it I uh, got a bit of an experience uh, in terms of journalism and ever since then we, we started blogging on Facebook which was our first platform we had a group on Facebook um, House on Mag and then we started developing a website um, I met a couple of other curators and <clears throat> excuse me collaborators um, and yeah that's when we started working so yeah it was gradually since 2009 and what has been the success of House On and, and how many people are now employed? How many people, I mean, are you making money from this? Is this the future for you? Um, well, we hope so, <laughs> but uh, we haven't started making any, any monetary returns on it. Um, what we've seen is a whole lot more value because it has allowed us to meet more people, interact with more people from different parts of the globe. Um, I think it's because it's a, a .com domain, so it, it assists us a lot to, to, to reach more people. Um, so, yeah, I think we're doing quite well in that regard. All right, we're speaking to Morris Mathladi and uh, Tulu Mateka about their uh, path into employment. Some of them are making their own paths because it's just incredibly, incredibly hard to make it uh, into the formal job employment. We're going to speak to them a little bit about their advice for those that are young and out there and want to make it on their own. You know what I deserve. I gave you the best. I showed you that I can. I just can't pretend. Remember the time. We shared all we had, 
the tears and the joy, good times and bad times. Just want you to know, I can feel it in my heart. Pain that you come, I'll never forget. This is what I'm killing you makes me stronger. I say, give me the love I deserve. song for a Friday. Oh my goodness, it's Donald featuring uh, Euphonic, The Love I Don't Deserve. We're speaking about employment, we're speaking about young people getting into the job market. We want to hear from you as well, 0861555189, I think I've said too many digits there, uh, or at Yebo underscore Levy. Thank you so much for all the tweets, we've been seeing them, we've been trying to get through them, uh, but we've got so many cool guests in studio as well, so we want to talk to them as well. Morris, you're studying at the moment, right? Yes, sir. What are you studying? I'm studying admin manis- uh, administrative management. Administrative management. Yes. Through UNISA. Yes. Yes. Now, 
you're on the radio now. You're a celebrity now, Morris, with Retro Zulu. Tell us, you've, you, there are a lot of young people that look up to you, that see you in Soweto. What are you yes. telling them about how to make it and into the job market? Um, basically, um, in Soweto, um, we call our hood, a.k.a. Mkamti. Um, in, in Mkamti? Mkamti yeah, yeah, we call it Mkamti. Which means what? <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't I'm, glad, know I'm glad we I'm glad we call it that because we mm. don't know what it is. Yes, okay, yes. yeah. Um, so um, basically, um, we have our own studio. Um, so a lot of people know us uh, by uh, producing music and DJs as well. So um, when they come across us, like s- so many young people uh, in this era uh, want to be producers, singers. They all want to be in this entertainment industry. So when they come across us, um, um, they're always asking for advice like, um, okay, how can I start my career? How can uh, I do so and so? Um, basically, at the end of the day, what I tell them to do is do what you love and do what you're good at. Um, that's uh, the advice I give them. And yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, Nice. Tulu, I mean... Everyone in the corporate world is focused on maths and science in South Africa. We want accountants, we want engineers, we want doctors, we want lawyers. The truth is, every single person, not every single person, a lot of people that I meet, uh, specifically young people from townships, they're all music producers, they're DJs, they're singers, they're dancers. Do you think that South Africa has got its focus wrong? Do you think we should be focusing on this and get like a National Academy of Music coming up? Well, I think we should split the focus, I think, equally. I think uh, there's a lot of creatives out there, not just in music. I think all media scopes, all media, all creative, uh, there's artists out there, the people that work with sculptures and stuff. There's, there's, there's a lot we can do. So I think we should actually invest equally into everybody. I mean, there are those who are passionate about maths and science, but imagine life without music. Uh, you see, you, you know see what I mean. What I mean. <laughs> <laughs> how's, how's this guy trying to justify his job? There? All right, quickly, very, very quickly, uh, Morris. Let's start with you. Retro Zulu. How do we find out about it? Um, you can uh, reach us on the social platforms on Facebook. Um, www.facebook.com uh, slash Retro Zulu. Uh, no underscore, no nothing. Um, on Twitter is at Retro Zulu. No underscore, no nothing. It's R E. R-E-T-R-O-Z-O-O-L-U And then on SoundCloud They can find our podcasts on SoundCloud And some of our music It's um, soundcloud.com Slash RetroZulu hyphen Z-O-O-L-U Damn son, you got too much going on You're like DJ Spoo He came in here and gave a litany of social media Sulu, let's just talk about you Your website, just give us the website quickly It's www.houseonmag.com all right, and Bushra, you're head of a Muzi, well, head of Power of Fifty at a Muzi Photo Club, uh, Kinamang. When is that happening, and what's what are the details? How do we find out about it? Well, um, it's happening on the 23rd of October at JP's Town, 28 Madison Street. We start at 6 p.m., and you can find more information on www.umuzi.org. U M U Z I, right? Yes, absolutely. Of course, if you are a young graduate and you are an employed, you can also check out Sagda. They joined us uh, as well. S A G D A dot Uh, to find out more information about how you can get a job. And if you did miss any of this, check out the podcast. It is on cliffcentral.com. Have yourself a lovely week. Jack Machlante is in studio next week. He's sitting in for me. He'll be talking about some slam poetry. And, of course, the sex show with uh, Jonty and Sexy Spider is up next. And Casper DeFries is after. So stay tuned. Keep it alive and loud and locked to Cliff Central. Have yourself a lovely Friday. Ciao, ciao.